EV Comply, simplifying your charge point installations. The last day of the month, Friday the 30th of April. This is your podcast brought to you by EV Comply. And this week we're talking to a guest. I am currently joined with Mike Lanagan, who is Head of Operations at Moixa. Hello, Mike. Hi, Chelsea. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? Good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the EV Comply podcast today. It's great to have a bit of your time. Yeah, that's good. Good to speak to you. I suppose the main thing that I'd like to talk about is what do you offer in the EV sector? Because there's actually quite a lot, isn't there? So that's a bit of a loaded question, I suppose. Yeah. So um, I guess um, just to kind of summarize, we, we're currently working um, to integrate our uh, GridShare pr- platform, which is our proprietary software Um with a number of different EV charge point manufacturers. Um, and what GridShare really offers is optimization in the sense of maximizing the use of any solar power generated um, and also uh, time of use tariffs. So what that, what that really uh, does is it enables smart charging functionality by allowing users to determine when they need their vehicles to be charged and to what level. And GridShare then makes the best use of tariffs and solar to achieve that outcome. So this, this functionality um, really focuses on generating financial and carbon savings by enabling EVs to charge at the least carbon intensive times um, or from the greenest tariffs or, or the cheapest rates available. Now it's a massive incentive for people isn't it? I mean obviously it's happening whether people like it or not but I think it's a huge incentive to move away from engined vehicles maybe quicker than people once presumed they would? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, for sure. It's kind of happening faster and faster. Obviously, the government's kind of announced their um, they move to ban new internal combustion engines by 2030. So, yes, it's, it's moving quite fast. So, following on from that, do you believe that there's room for improvement with the incentives to adopt EV? Obviously, you're working on a huge one yourself, but there have been many schemes and obviously the price points are now changing. Yeah, so um, I guess kind of working in the industry, it's always natural to kind of want more. Um, and of course, we welcome any extensions or increases to grants. But I think it's it's also really important to recognize what we currently got. So you know, while the OZE plug-in grant has been reduced to two and a half grand, the lowering of the price threshold for eligible vehicles means that it'll be more focused on the part of the market where it makes more of a difference. And so it will help to accelerate uptake of EVs in the mass market. On top of that, you know, we still got infrastructure support like the EV home charge uh, scheme, critical to ensuring that people get the best experience on the new car. And um, into the habit of charging um, using the correct equipment. But I, but I think there's also quite, quite a lot of focus on, on these kind of initial incentives and, and not often a lot on the kind of in-life benefit, which, which we currently have, such as the low company car tax, the, the zero vehicle excise duty. I, I don't think we're in too bad of a situation at the moment. It is a great sector to be in at the moment. It's, it's all happening, shall we say. Now, how have you found the uptake of smart batteries, um, hardware and smart energy storage, which is, of course, what you focus on? Is it Has it been fast has it been an increase is it a bit of a slow burn how is it yeah i think it's um you know it's it's been a bit slow but we, we can really see how it's kind of increasing and, and people becoming more aware um i think the initial uptake and, and kind of what is probably the most prevalent now um people who are looking for kind of uh, energy independence what they're doing is they're using the batteries to maximize the use of their solar output and reduce their their energy bills but i think over time, what you're going to see is a shift towards a model of a kind of like a dem- democratization of energy, where people aren't looking to be energy independent, but actually to be more actively involved in the energy system. Under this model, they'll be kind of storing energy to sell, um, depending on the market requirements for the grid. And, and this 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 kind of second model that I that described, um, you know, also ultimately reduces energy bills and generates revenue. But as opposed to the first one, it's, it's really about people becoming more actively involved in the energy 
system as opposed to um, trying to kind of isolate themselves from it. Yeah, so running more as a cooperative. Do you think that people will embrace it? Do you think there's going to be a lot of mither to that? Because obviously people are busy, they're doing their own thing, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's going to depend on, on people's preferences. Um, I think um, it's still a relatively new concept and as people become more familiar with it, they might become more interested in it. Um, I think it's also important that the, the kind of technology makes it easy enough that it doesn't become a second job, that it's it's something that, you know, is, is very normal to have in your, your day and have in your, your house and it, it can kind of manage it for you. You, you set a few parameters and then the, the system kind of goes ahead and does either generate revenue or just, uh, you know, participate in, in good services. Well, the power of technology, eh? What exactly is this technology? Is it like a, a smart meter? Is something people can relate to now? Or um, So, well, essentially, um, one of the main challenges we have with renewable energy is the intermittency of supply. So, um, I'm sure, as you know, generation often doesn't correlate with when the energy is needed most. So, for example, with um, solar power generation, the generation is generally highest in the middle of the day, whilst domestic energy consumption is highest in the morning and the evenings when people are having showers, preparing food or heating their homes. So what you have is a with domestic storage is the battery stores the energy and then can release that energy when it's needed most. So essentially what you're doing is you're making an unpredictable system predictable. How are you doing that is by storing it and then you know using software to understand when it will be needed most and also having some sort of kind of possibly prediction of um, what the, the, the weather will be like in the coming days. By doing this, what you do is you, you kind of match supply to demand as opposed to trying to match demand to supply, if that, if that makes sense. It's a complete new way of working, not just with energy, but I think across the field, isn't it really? Definitely something that the EV industry has adopted. So not only is it a new concept, it's a new working concept as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it is. It's new and it's, it's really exciting. And it's, it's all really about getting kind of the greatest efficiency we can out of um, renewable energy generation. It can it can really happen at different levels. You know, it can be simply just some solar on, uh, on someone's house and a battery in their in their home uh, managing the system or you can have like a whole kind of aggregation of batteries connected to a distributed generation source such as a, a solar farm or, or, or a wind farm or something like that. Now you enable utility companies to manage their energy storage assets effectively that's a big part of the business so can you elaborate on that? Okay so yeah well so essentially our, our grid share software um, allows our clients to manage their fleets of batteries on an individual and an aggregate level so for example in Japan our client Itachi you manage their batteries um, they have about 25,000 of them on the grid share platform and uh, as an example towards the end of last year when some storms hit Japan our software used weather forecast data to predict that there may be outages um, and so to ensure that the batteries are all fully charged to provide backup supply when the grid inevitably went down which it did and so it, it basically used that kind of um, forecasting to be able to help manage a, a predicted outage in the future um, and that, that's one use of it um, another use um, uh, for fleet owners is we can manage aggregated fleets of batteries for grid services. An example of this, we, we're doing a trial in the UK PN Lose area with our 4.8 kilowatt hour batteries. Um, and what happens is we receive a signal from uh, UK PN to either push or pull power from the grid. Um, and then this helps to kind of balance the system. The first point, I mean, they're both fantastic points, but completely mind blown that you were able to predict a shortage and an outage. I mean, that that really is insane in terms of being able to sufficiently manage energy, which has never been done before. That must have blown your mind a little bit too. <laughs> when yeah, when you got the predict, you must have thought, oh, this is very clever. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. And, you know, when you when you really, when you break it down, it's, it's um, quite straightforward logic that, that 
gets us to that point. But it's it's really exciting that you can do that, especially on such a kind of a large scale that it actually has a real kind of impact. Really, really is. Now you work obviously with a lot of companies. What energy tariff would you say is the best, or would you personally recommend? Yeah, I think I think it's it's good to kind of to shop around and and just see what works best for you. Time of use tariffs, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, are relatively new to the UK, um, but they can be very effective in households that can modify the times that they use their energy. So if you, if you take a typical family home with fossil fuel vehicles, this may not be as beneficial as, say, a home with electric vehicles. The reason being is that the main things that you use energy for in the home, like preparing food, showering, heating, are kind of less elastic in terms of when you can actually do them. But for electric vehicles, which consume a significant amount of energy, displacing the, the charging to, say, three in the morning, has very little impact on the user, but it can result in a significant saving in energy bill if it's charged at a cheaper rate. And this is really where our GridShare um, software can help. So w- with the e-progress program that we're working on, GridShare looks at when the vehicle is going to be needed, what state of charge the driver will require, and that can be set by the user, as well as how much energy is required to get to that point and what the energy prices will be in that period of charging. And it will then automatically put together and implement a charging schedule for that car so that it's really on time for the driver. And in this way, the driver benefits from lower cost energy to charge a car with a minimum of hassle. And, and that can look at different tariffs based on obviously cost, but also on kind of carbon intensity. So there's those, those kind of two things that we can look at and maximize when charging. You've said it, you know, several times and everyone I talk to on the podcast always refers back to this being a very exciting time and a very exciting industry to be a part of. It is a part of history. It's a big change. And I think, you know, businesses like yourselves and people like yourselves that run with the enthusiasm and the knowledge are really helping to kind of push that forward and to make that happen. So you, you must be quite proud of that. Yeah, very, very proud, Chelsea. I mean, it's um, it's a really exciting industry industry to be in um you know there's a lot happening and there's going to be a lot happening for you know uh the time uh, future to come so um yeah i mean you, you can even see around the world you know governments are taking it more and more seriously you know the uk government itself has, has announced a whole bunch of measures it wishes to take um and it's just really exciting to be part of it and to, to see the changes kind of coming to fruition very very true so thank you so much for talking to me mike lanagan head of operations at moixa thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you uh thanks very much for uh giving me the chance to to speak to you today chelsea it's been it's been great thank you